to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sexuality. Today, I'm very excited to welcome sex worker Kelsey Wolfpower. Hello. Hi. Hello, hello. Hello and welcome. Thank you. I'm super excited. This is my first time being on a podcast, so this is very special for me. Oh my goodness. Podcast virginity. Uh, yeah, it's like one of the last ones left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all the virginities. Like, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm honored. Um well, we were we were talking right before about um, some of the things that you do in addition to podcasting, oh. and how I was wishing that I had access to some of those things when I got started. Yeah. Um, lots of times when people get started in like in sex work, right? They they advertise go independent, go independent, go independent. And I was like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. Can I find an agency, please? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And where I was starting, there was literally no agency. Hmm. And I was like, oh, I guess I will figure it out on my own. And uh, I was like, okay, well, I'll, like, I'll reach out to the other people that are around in the area. Like, can we get started? Mm-hmm, and like, mm-hmm. nobody was like, here's like the intro tips or anything. Like, nobody was there. Uh, and I was just like, oh man, like, I wish that I had someone like you to be like, hey, here are like the baby steps. Like, here's the intro. This is what you need to know when you first get started. Oh, yeah. So we're talking about, um, I offer consultation services, um, like pay what you can consults for new newbies in the biz, you know? Um, I I just finished one before we started recording and yeah, why I offer that because yeah, there's no like manual anywhere. There's no person that, you know, like uh, you, you don't get training, you know, to do this. And then like, you can't really ask people who have retired or anything because the field changes so very quickly. Like the world around us is changing so quickly that sex workers have to respond super quickly. So you have to talk to somebody who's current. Yes, that is a great point. Cause like, yeah, even 10 years ago, it's like, yeah, half the stuff. So, you know, that's something I actually didn't think about. That is so true. How integral it is to get access to someone who's currently doing it. Yeah. And like a lot of the, like, if I if you do, are like silly like me and you just Google how to be a sex worker, uh, <laughs> I want to see your Google history. Yeah, around. Oh that man, time. my Google my Google history is special. Uh, yeah, <laughs> how to be a sex worker, and it says like you need to advertise on places like Backpage, and I'm like, doesn't okay, exist well, anymore. Was, that's nice, super relevant. Okay. Yeah, Craigslist personals doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For us in Canada, you bet Craigslist yeah. all the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just stuff like that, or like you, people will tell you, like, well, I've been in the industry for like this number of decades, and like this is what you need to do. And I'm like, that's great. You are not telling me what I need to know about OnlyFans. Yes. Yes. Current like, landscape. Yes. Yeah. So like, I found getting in, especially like because I am a quarantine baby. I just <laughs> got in during COVID. Yeah. Um, and so a the entire landscape had changed about two days before I walked into the industry. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and then trying to ask people like, what do you do about OnlyFans? And they're like, Oh, my advice wasn't regarding OnlyFans. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, Oy. okay, here we go. So it's just like, I've kind of been reflecting on what it was like to find information that was actually helpful. Yeah. Like what even came up when you're typing, literally typing in Google, how to be a how sex to worker? Be a what, sex what even worker? came um, up? It came up um, in this state in the United States, it's a felony. In this state in the U.S., it's a felony. In this state, it's a felony. So mm. nothing relevant to the country I was living in even came up. <laughs> even the country. <sighs> even the country was out. Um, oh. So, yeah. Um, but So the interesting thing is I am American. Um, 
I am an immigrant to Canada, and thank you, Canada, for having me. And so, <laughs> glad, to, glad to have you. Right. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, and so one thing that sex workers worry about that I don't have to worry about, you know, is going across the border to the U.S. because I have a U.S. passport. <laughs> yes. And people have asked me, well, will you go work in the United States since you can get in? And I was like, absolutely not. No way. And is that COVID reasons or what are your particular reasons? Um, for that is for legal reasons that in so many states, it is a felony if you get caught. Yep. Uh, and with sex work being so very illegal in the United States, attitudes are different as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I feel like I can't really count on the general public to look away as much as I count on it here. Great point. It's the right? cu culture surrounding it being legal versus illegal. Yeah. Yes. Even yes. though I, I mean, even though Canadian law is like very gray about the whole thing and there's a lot of vagueness, you know, but it is still a mild improvement yes. on what's in the U.S. Very much. So. Um, and so I think uh, getting into sex work in Canada uh, has made me like very hyper aware of the differences. Uh, but so there we go. We're just rambling, talking about sex work. Hell My yeah. favorite topic. This is what we do. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is what, we, what do. we do when two sex workers get together. <laughs> honestly, like honestly, really. Honestly, it is. I was just home with my family for Christmas, and it was wonderful. But my parents don't exactly approve of what I do. So they uh, do know, but don't. But they don't do love know. It. My whole family knows. I Ooh, wow. told my. I I kind of kept it to myself for about a year, okay. but. Um, on my side of the family and my entire extended family, we use our jobs to tell each other how we're doing. Right. Yeah. So like, where are you working? What are you doing? How many people do you have reporting to you? Is like standard questions at holiday gatherings yeah, in yeah, my family. Yeah. Um, and so I have always kind of been the one that was like, I'm running away to a new country. Bye. <laughs> I'm going to get out right. of this whole line of questioning. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> I met my Canadian husband while I was living abroad in South Korea. Like I've always been like, I'm getting out of this entire situation. Peace out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so that's kind of like, and that's also partly how we gauge like where people are in their lives is how kind of how their business savvy is doing. Like my sure. older sister has a head for business, no problem. And her bank account reflects it. Right. <laughs> You know, and nice. so my parents are asking us, like, how was business? How are things? And they, like, just totally skipped me. <laughs> they were like, um, so how are your hobbies? Oh, Steve, my husband, how are you? How's your job? <laughs> and they just uh, completely skipped mine. So it's like, oh, I, well, I guess I'm not going to talk about work with the fam jam. Yeah, I guess this is uh, a safe space to talk about this. Kate, also, when you said that, I had just taken a sip of water and almost spit, spit taked <laughs> just oh. all over my computer when you said that they just skipped over you. Like, just, wow, what a move. Holy moly, uh, jeez. Yeah, that so would be that bad. Yeah, that informs you that this is not a place where you can talk openly about your work. That's right. Nice. And so then, like, two sex workers get together and I'm like, oh, well, what's my favorite topic? My work. Yeah, yeah, no, because it's common, right? Like, you know, that's right. not uncommon. You're talking about, you know, uh, conversations with your family and checking in right. and, you know, you know, just how you're doing. That's one right. of the main in most conversations, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, what are you what are you doing right now? You know, what are you? Yeah, what are you up to? You don't want to ask your family, like, how are you financially? Are you getting by? Can you pay the mortgage? But you can ask how's work going? Yes. Yeah. What are you doing for work nowadays? Yeah. How's right, it going? Right. So it's a right. common topic of conversation. So I mean, just in, in general. So when two of us get together and can talk about work, we're like, yes, yes, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because yes, a lot yes, of times go. you get that question and you can't really honestly answer. You don't know if you're in a safe environment to answer. Oh, well, I'm a sex worker. So, right, right. Yeah. Well, and then also knowing that my parents don't approve, like, at their request, I'm not telling the rest of the extended family. So, like, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I'm a freelancer. I'm yeah. an accountant. I don't know if you've seen that, those um, videos. So many accountant. of my family members are accountants. <laughs> okay, so don't say that. So don't say that. Like, <laughs> okay, so, like, the trope is, like, nobody asks accountants questions, right? Yeah, All yeah. of the accountants are going to be like, so which firm are you working for? How did you find the tests? When are you scheduled for your tests? Like, <laughs> Shit. Yeah, can't like, say fuck. that there. <laughs> um, I'm a model. I'm a model. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a good point, because you can, you know... I'm trying to think of some of the fake kind of names that I come up with that aren't totally different jobs, but they're like the PG Mm. version of what I do. I I, I sometimes say sex educator. Yes, Um, yes. And I may end up saying that in a couple years, like when my family's expecting me to lose my figure or whatever. Right, right. Uh, Someone commented on that when I told them I was a model, and they're like, oh, great. And then when you lose your figure, you can fall back on the freelancing. And I was like... I'm fairly sure. certain that this was supposed to be nice, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, and I think back in the day, I used to say, and I did do this for a time, I used to say, like, I was a sex writer. Like, I wrote about, I wrote mm-hmm. erotic fiction, and then I also mm-hmm. did write, like, educational, you know, literature surrounding sex and sexuality. Yeah. So that is stuff I've done in the past, but, yeah, it kind of sidesteps being like, oh, I'm an actual like kink worker. Like I actually, right? Side steps that I uh, sell sex for money. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah like like the whole like put a pin on it. Uh, but it is. It has been really, I think, stark the difference in ages and the reactions when I told people about what I do. Okay. Uh, because all of my friends, when I told them. They were like, dope, I support you. Or they were like, I'm worried about your safety. Mm-hmm. But nobody was like, I have a problem with the ethics of what you're doing. Yeah. So everybody was either, I love you, this is great. Or I love you and I'm worried about you. And I was like, okay, well, thanks. Um, like I told my siblings and they were like, yeah, we already know. And I was <laughs> like, oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, guys. Uh, and my siblings are my age. And then the second that I told the people who would be considered boomers, uh, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they could not see past the non-monogamy. Mm. And I, I just found it to be a very stark difference. And when I am kind of like judging whether I'm going to tell people if I'm a sex worker or not out in public, because I try to be very out, but when I'm judging or not, I, I notice a stark difference between the ages. And like, I try so hard not to be ageist. But, How like, can you make it a little easier for me? Yeah. Yeah. So, it, so their problem you're saying is actually with the fact that you're married and, and while doing this type of work, that's the crux well, of it for them? Or is that just uh, part no, of it? No. I mean, like, I'm selling sex for money, which they apparently have a problem with. Yeah. And like, now that I've been doing it for a while, I'm kind of like, what's the big deal? But I get it. Like, if you if you aren't coming from a sex positive point of view, selling sex for money is viewed as very terrible. Yeah, yeah. People yeah, are cultured right. that way to think that. People are cultured so. that way. And then also cultured into a monogamous culture. Yes. And so, like, I'm pretty much, like, going perpendicular to their religion and their morals <laughs> and their culture. Yeah. So, right. understandable when they come up against this, when you say I'm a sex worker. Yeah. Right. But I do try to be a pretty out sex worker. I feel like I have a lot of privilege working in my favor to keep me safe. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I always say that. I always make sure to say that specifically on this podcast. I'm like, I'm out. I use my name. You know, my names are interchangeable and mm-hmm. and and what have you. But I, yeah, thank you for bringing that up because I always like to mention that when we are specifically talking about whether you're front-facing as a sex worker, you know, you have your face on your Twitter, on your sex work Twitter or not and stuff like right. that. It's like, well, I carry a lot of privilege so I'm able to do that. That's precisely. And yeah, I'm face out as well on Twitter. And I, my thought is anybody who finds me and recognizes me, Mm -hmm. there's a small portion of people online who are going to be able to do that. And B, what are they going to do about it? Like call my parents? Yeah. Like, okay. And C, I have so much privilege and like honestly my class helps protect me as well that like I'm not worried I feel like my safety is more guaranteed than others just because of my class and privilege so I can be face out yeah yeah and that's especially important to talk about like since we just mentioned me doing consults and stuff like that to definitely talk about that portion of it because people are you know asking how can I be safe trying to you know navigate this um and that's going to 
be those decisions you know are going to be very personal to people and very much based on their individual circumstance you know about exactly stuff like screening stuff like anonymity yeah like all all of that kind of safety stuff agreed and then i even have the added benefit of i'm in a hetero facing uh or like hetero presenting yeah marriage. marriage as well that like governments are required to expect to respect Yes, so yes, yes, yes. Me I too. have a lot and of, I mean, and me too. I have husband. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, but also you come up with the gendered differences in sex work and you come up against the, the stereotype of like the angry man who wants to do you harm. Well, right. as mm-hmm. fucked up as it is, I'm claimed and it scares away a lot of dudes. <laughs> that is like, up. it's fucked up, but we do live in a patriarchy. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't talk about my husband on my work Twitter, for instance. Right. I I wouldn't do that. You know, if people want to dig a little further, you know, even as much as, for instance, listening to my podcast, they fully know that I'm married. But, you Mm. know, right on the Twitter, I'm not going to talk about my husband for that reason, because people might think it might ruin the fantasy for some people, which is stupid, but which is dumb, but true. Like, it's just as fucked up. Uh, that like that's a problem for them nope you're claimed you're no longer part of my fantasy like it's fucked up yeah it's very silly but like the work we do you know even though you know a lot a lot of us can be nowadays incorporating you know our our full queer selves and our full polyamorous selves and all that stuff you know yes into our brands we can do that more openly nowadays for sure the majority of our clients are still very that, um, you know, cis het, um, white men. Yeah. Well, maybe like, not even white men, but, but yeah, cis het man, patriarchy infused. <laughs> right. People, Patriarchal you know? infused, even if they're respectful, even if they're kind, like Certainly. we do not exist in a vacuum. We do exist no. in a patriarchy. Yep. And they, and, and our clients have been brought up, as we said before, you know, the culture they're brought up in gives you your opinion of, you know, sex work. It informs a lot. It informs a lot. So our clientele still is doing that. So we got to do that fine, fine line thing of balancing how much of our true selves we can bring to our sex work persona, you know? Yes. Um, Yes. How do you, how do you navigate that? Well, for me, um, a lot of it was decided for me. My very first client commented on my ring. Mm -hmm, So I mm -hmm. was like, well, I guess we don't have to worry about uh, breaking the barrier and like ruining the fantasy because we have in fact ruined it. Okay, (laughs) perfect. And was it fine on that particular occasion? It It was was fine. My first client, honestly, was just absolutely lovely. And they were pursuing a sex work provider for the right reasons they wanted to have sex but without the emotional baggage so they were like i should find somebody who's nice but is a professional it's getting my needs met territory so maybe i should hire someone because i'm not looking to date people first i'm looking to get needs met yeah exactly exactly and so they were just so sweet and you could tell that they love women as soon as they touched a women they were just like yes and i was like perfect okay we're gonna get along great um so it was lovely but they they noticed my ring and so i decided that i am not gonna pretend that i'm not married uh my persona will not pretend that she's not married my persona is married and when certain people start to get a little too nosy into my private life, then I mention my husband and they stop nosing. So that, that was part of what I decided to do to be, to be out about being married. Uh, part of being face out was also decided for me that the first po- picture I posted on Twitter was of yep. me from the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody from the town I was living in at the time commented, oh my God, I saw you around town and I thought you were super hot. Now I'm super interested. And I was like, well, I guess you're going to recognize me no matter what. Face out it is. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Did you have that many discerning physical characteristics that a picture of you from the back, someone was like, that's you. That's what I was like. I only have the one tattoo and you can't see it in the picture. How? Okay. All right, then. Yeah, I guess that's a, that's a tip for people who are trying to you know blur parts of their say just blur their face out or or you know do whatever it's like 
you know, even if you are going to those safety measures of trying to remain anonymous, it's like somebody's still, it's still a risk, you know? It's still a risk. Yeah. It's still a risk. And to your point about newer people asking, how can I be safe? Like Mm -hmm. so far, according to my one and a half years of research, you can't Mm -hmm. really do it. You can just make yourself safer. But, and I think that that aspect of this industry is what, what really drove home my privilege. Uh, I was recently able to go to a vigil held on December 17th and it was hosted by Maggie's right here in Toronto. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was able to go to a vigil for sex workers who had died or been victims of violence in the past year. And this was just a vigil for the people in the past year. Um, And it was really an excellent, excellent opportunity for me to listen to other people in the community and realize and get out of just my little niche. Like um, on Twitter, I will follow lots of people who advertise in the same niche that I do. because it'll help me like inform what are the customers looking for at the time. But suddenly I was interacting with people in the industry from all a whole nother walk of life. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I do have some privilege. Uh, So I would highly recommend December 17th is the International Day to End Violence Against Sex Workers. And I would highly recommend that come December next year, you look up Maggie's and head out to their vigil. I love that. That's a great recommendation. And just to show how far we are as far as pandemic stuff, three years ago, I was on stage hosting for Maggie's there on that day, uh, a huge event um, to bring, you know, exactly as you mentioned, uh, sex workers of all backgrounds together to, you know, um, to remember and to um, be aware of everything that's happening in our community and all the people involved and all the lovely, the lovely quilt of people that are all sewn together by this profession. Yeah, absolutely. And I would have to say that after entering the profession, I have found just the most wonderful people. Yeah. Like pe- oh my God. People yes. who are just so kind. They're so emotionally intelligent. They're very self-confident and self-aware. They're very much aware of the way they are being perceived and they're doing it on purpose. And I just love the people that I've run into since joining the industry. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a sex worker in Toronto, um, Maggie's has so many different resources. Like they run <laughs> sex worker yoga. They have people to help you do your taxes. They have like so many amazing different things, not only events, um, you know, to do and stuff like that. But they also are bring on the, on to like street based workers and like, um, sex workers that do, uh, their work in physical locations, like massage parlor parlors and whatnot. They're bringing resources directly to those locations, strip clubs, for instance. Um, yes. Different things like that, like harm reduction, uh, type supplies and stuff like that. So doing fucking yes. good work. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that they are, that they have a couple programs that are specifically for black and trans sex workers as well. Yes, yeah. Oh, and then I learned about the Butterfly Project while I was there too. Yes, yeah, exactly. Migrant workers, Asian migrant workers, um, sex worker resourcer, exactly. Yeah. Um, I lived in Korea for about three years. That's where I met my Canadian husband. and I had this incredible experience to be a visible minority for like a hot minute. Uh, and then coming back to the United States after living in Korea for three years and like this country just hosted me and let me experience all of their culture, all of their food and everything. Like the Korean people were really very kind and like as a general whole. And someone gave me an umbrella one day because it was raining and I didn't have one. Mm-hmm. Like. It was so sweet. Uh, And I came back and that's right about the time that a lot of Asian American hate started to ramp up. And I just remember being so very confused and sad about what was going on and then realizing like, I'm not even living this experience. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so then hearing about um, the Butterfly Project and hearing that it is for migrant Asian sex workers, I was like, I'm very happy to hear this. Uh, I'm very happy to hear that there's one reaching out to migrant sex workers in particular. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. What was I going to say about? Oh, and and Maggie's. If people haven't heard about this by now, like in our awesome sex worker bubble, this stuff is getting passed around 
constantly, but Maggie's is running um, low barrier vaccine clinics uh, through Fillmore's. Like they've done four, I think, at this point. Um, they've done four already. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe three at this point. But um, they so, have been running low barrier vaccine clinics, so people are getting. Um, you know, if you don't have the documentation that's required, you know, to get vaccinated at other places in Toronto and the surrounding area, you can come to right. Fillmore's. There might be a bit of a wait, but Meg's is organizing it all and getting people fucking vaxxed too. So yeah. it's uh, know for them. Which is just amazing. Yeah. 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 Well done, Maggie's. Well done, Fillmore's. Totally. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. Like, um, like a lot of people are, it, this is funny of this thing of like, you know, people are in general cultured to think sex workers are bad, you know, are yeah. sex work is bad, bad, bad. Um, I just see oh, man. I read what the Bible actually says. It's oh. not great. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I'd love to have a pull quote if you, if you've got one on hand, but like just to see Fillmore setting, I just wanted to say, see, to see Fillmore setting such a fucking shining example uh, yes. right now is just amazing. Yeah. To civilians, yes. to non-sex workers, you know? Right. And it's open to everyone. And yes. uh, my point was going to be that I have immigrated twice now. Um, mm-hmm. And oftentimes, like, you don't speak the language of the country that you immigrated to. And so having low barrier vaccine clinics where you're like, okay, I understand that I don't need anything. I can actually go here because I don't have to know which form I don't read to bring. Yeah. Uh, I can only imagine how hard that is. Right. So I really, I really have a special place in my heart for uh, things that are able to reach immigrants as well. And so I think this is just a great example of sex workers taking care of the entire community. And you're right. Like, how hard is it to get a hold of a fucking vax when you're a person that, you know, is born and raised here in Toronto in an English speaking place? Like, you know, we got to be on Twitter constantly trying to get that first vax. Oh, my fucking God. It was like trying to win the fucking lottery. So can you imagine how inaccessible that would be to somebody who doesn't speak English? Right. Or, or doesn't exactly. speak it very well. Or who isn't or tech even, savvy. Like, literally, most people, that's so inaccessible. Right. Or even, I speak English. It is my first language. But I moved to Canada and couldn't figure out how to wash my car because the system's different. Mm, that, yeah, yeah, that. I Just took my car to the car wash and, like, drove up to the car wash and, like, it wouldn't open. <laughs> it would not open for me. There were no buttons to push. There You're was like, no, like, there was no coin <laughs> thing for me to put my coins in. Like, how this how do I wash my blessed car? And I had to go home with a dirty car. (laughs) My blessed car. (laughs) And I read English. I speak English as my first language. (laughs) Fuck. And so like coming to Canada and saying, okay, I understand I need to pay my taxes. Who do I pay them to? It is not the the eternal revenue service. Yes. Yeah. What's the name? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure every little fucking thing you have to do. It's like you come up against that barrier. And like, I keep cool, saying, it's different here. Fuck. <laughs> great. Awesome. How do you get your tires changed? You don't have the chain that I'm accustomed to going to. Okay. Um, and I don't feel like changing them myself. But I, I appreciate that, like, because of things like this, and I even speak English, and I have English-speaking friends who I can ask who are Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, but the work that Fillmore's is doing and that Maggie's is doing is so important. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, and it does remind me, actually, just to kind of segue into a little bit of disability rights. Yeah, um, of course. I obviously am highly undereducated about disability rights, but I was learning recently about curb cuts. Do you know about curb cuts? I do not. This is, it's where in the sidewalk where like it dips down at the corner uh-huh. uh, and like people with strollers use them. Yeah, little ramp situation. Um, so apparently yeah. those were not standard and it like there used to just be curbs that went all the way around and the disability and the disability community had to lobby very, very hard to get the curb cuts so that people in wheelchairs and with mobility aids could like get up onto the sidewalk. Well, when they went in, it turns out everybody uses them. Like people with strollers use them. Older folks who like can't really step up onto the sidewalk very much. Really young folks who like the sidewalks a little bit too tall for them still. Like all Grocery kinds carts, of people. All kinds of shit. Everyone. Grocery carts when I'm going to the airport. Yeah, like, you're su- rolling suitcases. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, when when you're going to a trade show and like you need to bring all of like your props and whatnot. Like everybody uses curb cuts, and so when you solve 
the, the moral of the story is yeah. when you yeah. solve a problem for the disabled community, you solve a problem for everyone. the entire community. And so like Maggie's holding their barrier free or low barrier yep. clinic, like it, it helps sex workers, it helps undocumented people, it helps immigrants, it helps people who simply don't, for whatever reason, don't have the documentation. Like yep. it just makes me so happy to hear about these things. Yeah, no, that's a really great point. You you help a marginalized community. You help the entire community. Exactly, exactly. Fucking couldn't have said it better myself. Yep. Yeah. Love it. Um, I have to say, I have been shocked ever since entering the industry mm. at the social education I have received. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little yeah. bit about that. We're going to take a break soon because I know we, <laughs> we both are small bladder people. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's take a break real quick. Let's take a break right now and then we'll jump into it. And then we'll jump right back into that. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> lovely. Lovely. Let's, go pee. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Hi everyone, welcome back to the pod. I'm here with sex worker Kelsey Wolfpower. Hello. Hello, hello. Hi, hi. Um what were we gonna talk about? <laughs> um the social education I have received ever since becoming a whore. You know what? I I'm very interested to talk about this because I very much feel the same thing. I don't think I've ever felt more connected to like for instance, like marginalized folks, um, disability rights, like all of, all of this stuff, uh, trans rights, um, you know, a, as I am today, like just in the last few years being a sex worker. So I'd love to hear your take on this. Well, I have to agree 100% that I've never been so surrounded by advocates. And I even yes. lived like in an activist hippie house uh, yeah. for a while where there were six of us living in the house and I was the only one who wasn't an activist hippie. Like I was the only one with a job that like paid my taxes before they took it out of my paycheck. Like I wasn't working for cash. Like I did have to pay my taxes because the government knew how much money I was making. Like I was the only one who wasn't a hippie. Um, <laughs> and even still, I am more surrounded by advocates now than I am when I was uh, living that stage of my life. And it's just wonderful. Um, I've been yeah. learning a lot about colonialism of all things. Yep. Yep, um, yep. Yeah. Like join, become a whore. You'll learn about colonialism. Like I didn't really expect that one. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so true though, because, and, and I encourage new sex workers, newbie sex workers, especially ones who are white, um, mm -hmm. letting them know that like, listen, you are entering a community that is mostly made up, made up of marginalized folks. So you've got to do the work you know, exactly. And you're going to learn real fast. You know, you're going to, yeah, you may like come up against things and you may consider yourself marginalized as well, but there are going to be different sectors of marginalized and you there need to intersections. That. Yes, 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 yes. So like I have a pretty severe depression and it's really hard for me to hold a regular nine to five straight job mm -hmm. as a result. But I still need to check a lot of privilege when I enter the community. Yeah, definitely. Um, but so, like I said, one thing I've been learning about is colonialism. Um, I understood a bit about patriarchy before entering the industry, but I had no idea how feminist this industry would be or what a feminist it would turn me into. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> I was one before I got in. Same, um, yeah, and same. Same, and then learning from those people about colonialism and how it is intertwined with patriarchy and how it affects me personally today uh, has just been as good as going to college. Yeah. Oh, sorry, university in Canada. As good as going to university.
it's the experienced work, you know, it's the, yes. like years in experience in the industry equals. Absolutely. And like, yeah. you can learn the facts or you can have some experiences and have everything click for you. And both of these are good. It happens to be the case that I came upon this knowledge the second way. Yeah. Yeah. But I have been so very grateful for Twitter and the opportunity to hear so many people talking about these things that they are passionate about. And I get, I have to just shut up and listen. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, I really like that I can shut up and listen on Twitter. And there are plenty of people who will have the discourse and I get to watch it and I get to see what they're talking about. So um, I do appreciate that quite a lot about Twitter. I'm also a visual person, so I'd rather read it than hear it anyway. Yes. Yeah. I, I think yes. that's a great tip for new sex workers. Just like follow, you know, all sorts of different sex workers. Like if, you, if mm -hmm. you're looking for people to follow and you don't even know where to start, follow me on Twitter and then look at all my followers and just, or look at all the people I'm following and just follow all of them. Because like, right. I specifically go out of my way to follow folks that in sex work that have different stories than I do uh, for learning right. purposes. So I can learn. So exactly right. as you're saying, I can shut up and listen. And that's a great place to start if you're new and white to, uh, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like I said, before I came into the industry, I was aware I had privilege. Now I am able to examine it a lot better. And I'm much more aware, I would say, than I was before. So thank goodness for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I have to say I would also be thanking sex work for that. Definitely. Um, I also have to thank sex work for some great communication skills. Oh, God, yes, let's talk about this. Yeah, I was, um, I was pretty, I have been kinky my whole life. And so I had to come up with some communication skills for sex. Yep. But it was not exactly refined when I got into sex work. Like I could say, like, I want to do this and I don't want to do that. But uh, getting into sex work now, like, how do you put flavor on it? How do you make it sexy? Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, how do you say no, but make it sexy? Yes. How do we kind of change subjects rather than, <laughs> you know, right, right. Um, confront, like start a confront confrontation? How do we diffuse? How do we How do I change suggest focus? something else instead? There you go. Yes. Like yes. maybe not that, but how about this shiny thing over here? <laughs> yeah. And then we'll just skip the how about not that. And you just have to infer it, right? I never had to say it. It's fine. Yeah. And let's it's just, fine. oh, look, this other thing. <laughs> here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're not picking it up. Okay, now I'll be honest. Okay, uh, no. now I'll just say no and and be more plain about it. If, if be more plain but. about this, but uh, <laughs> I have to say that I really appreciate um, that about sex work as well. Again, with my social education, I have found a ton of neurodiverse people in sex yeah, work. Yes, um, big time. And I would have to say that I somewhere I'm going to fall on that spectrum. And so having all of this practice of having to be like, okay, well, you are specifically practicing social interactions today. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You have, you have a very intimate one scheduled today and you will be practicing social interactions. Uh, I feel like I've had a crash course in how to communicate. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and even yeah. things like that I never used to think of before, just things like some doms hold an incredibly high standard for like, typos and proper yes. spelling and grammar mm -hmm. just even things like that how that can be very exclusive to folks who don't speak english as a first language to folks exactly. who didn't have the same type of education that you had um exactly. to, to folks who might might be disabled um, exactly you know just even stuff like that i'm starting to examine now you know mm -hmm. yeah well and Not starting to exam now, but when I started sex work, I was starting to examine that. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Because okay. a lot of folks who hire sex work um, fall in some of those intersections, you know? Agreed. So you're going to, that's something you are going to have to deal with pretty consistently as a sex worker. Yeah. And um, on with people who don't speak English as their first language, uh, my job literally was teaching English as a second language before. And so there I have... There you go. Yes. I, tools. I have, yeah, yeah. 
practiced speaking to people who don't have English as their first language. That said, like there are definitely um, like accents that give me trouble, but I have found for me personally, like not really worrying about the precise words you're using yeah. goes a long way. And like, okay, forget their grammar. I know it hurts, but just like, what are they intending to say? Yeah. Like I know the grammar's messed up and I know for first for someone who speaks as their first language, it hurts when the grammar's messed up. Okay, moving on. What do they actually mean? Yeah. Like, you can figure it out. Yeah. You can figure it out, guys. You can do it. Yeah. Um, oh, what was I going to say about if you, that? If you stop being so snobbish about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you stop being so snobbish about it. Um, even, like, culture informing your ideas about sex and, like, how do you how do you navigate that? Like, I in Korea, there was definitely a stereotype that Korean girls love to be with, with foreign guys, mm -hmm. but foreign girls don't like to be with Korean dudes. And part of that was that feminism is doing its good work in Korea, but it has work to do. And a lot of the girls didn't like a lot of the attitudes that came to bed. Oh, I see. If you know what I mean. Yeah, sure, um, sure. And, but that was culturally informed. It was people who thought that they were being extremely respectful to their partners. And they were just making assumptions based on genders that are perfectly fine assumptions to make in their culture. And I think one of the things that I've enjoyed about sex work is uh, breaking through cultural barriers and saying like, hey, I think you don't know that you're doing something I don't like. Mm -hmm. Or like, hey, just so you know, like this is something that's fine with me. And like saying things that might seem obvious, but that like just, if you can just like say it like, hey, I need you to check with me before you do things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not is... gonna... Yeah, I'm not gonna think that you're less of a man and that you're not as, like, in charge because you need to check with me. I'm not gonna think that you are less assured of yourself, but maybe where you're coming from, that is the case. So, like, stating things that seem obvious, like, I need you to check with me before you try new things, mm -hmm. uh, can go a long way towards bridging culture gaps, too. Yeah, no, I love I love this idea, even of just like our culture, you know, in, oh, yeah. in Canada and North in North America, like our culture, there are a lot of there are gender roles, you know, just the the mm -hmm. exact same, and there are gender roles that don't serve any of us in anyone? bed. Anyone? Yeah, anyone, anyone in 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 a sexy situation also, and those are things yeah. that us as sex workers we can like pick apart and question and break yes. down yes you know yes. and and begin to start real conversations surrounding our wants needs and and whatnot and boundaries and stuff yeah as like low on the social hierarchy as we are we are still seen as the people that one can speak to about sexy things like yep. the number we've spoken about all of our not all of our clients so many of our clients are the cis head straight man Mm -hmm. The number of those men who come to me and say, I would like you to play with my bum, and am I a freak for liking this? Yeah, does it and make I would me say, less than, yeah. Right, does it make yeah. me less of a man? Does it make me, like, kind of gay? And I'm like, yeah. well, you'd be talking to a guy if you were gay. Like, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I'm a girl, you know that. You're not gay. But the number of guys who are married and want to do a specific sexual act and they're close with their wife, there's nothing wrong with their marriage, but they don't dare bring it up because their wife will think less of them is such a cultural so norm here. Yeah. yeah. And I, I have high hopes for my generation, the younger generations and the generation coming up. They seem to like have a pretty good head on their shoulders and they seem to be more open-minded than the past. But we don't exist in a vacuum. We do exist in a patriarchy. We do exist with our parents' culture informing ours. Yeah. And it's just like, come on guys, we can get past this cultural barrier, I swear. It serves no one. It really does. Like patriarchy hurts us all. It really does. And you really see that as like as a female sex worker. You really see Absolutely. how <laughs> how much how how Absolutely. men how how much men are hindered you know when they're really yeah. brought up in this toxic masculine kind of a way mm -hmm. and how they really don't have access to their own pleasure they haven't been allowed no. access to their own pleasure yeah no and it's really it's too bad like women have been uh 
women have been fighting for our rights and also our pleasure for a long time, and we're seeing yeah. the results of that. Yeah. And like, thank God. But men haven't necessarily, and I can sort of see why. If men started to advocate for their pleasure, then they would have a lot of feminists coming down their throats really quickly. Right. Uh, you know, like I can, I can see kind of the hard spot that they're in. But the number of guys who just want to lay down and be fucked instead of doing the fucking. Yeah, just receive, you know. Yeah. Like, just receive the pleasure instead of giving the pleasure. And they're afraid to ask their wives or their wife won't even consider it. And it's like, well, this is, this is not, like, the way it has to be, guys. It's just patriarchy. Yeah. I, I, can't, yeah. Um, I can't just glaze over the phrase you said, feminists coming down their throats. I just can't get that visual image oh, out of my head. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. You literally said I that. I did say that. I said that out loud. Out loud. <laughs> and it's recorded. We have proof. Um. Oh, Lord. Okay. Great. Oh, great. But, okay, yeah. one thing I thought of when you were saying that, um, that, you know, sex work is known as the oldest profession, right? Right. And, and yes, I know that, you know, people see sex workers for a myriad of reasons, but a big reason, um, speci specifically for me in my profession as a dominant, um, you know, there are all these kind of toxic masculine patriarchy reasons that men see me, right? So to right. S so to know that this is the oldest profession, and that is like the majority of a lot of cis men who engage in sex work, it's like, isn't that sad that it's the oldest profession? Because men have always, you know, felt unmanly to ask for things like to be the receiver, like you mentioned. And well, isn't it unfortunate that, you know, it probably, you know, sex work will continue to be a very prominent industry for years and years and to come because that's something that just hasn't really moved. Right. Well, I mean, I agree. Obviously, sex work is the oldest profession, yeah. but it has existed throughout a number of different cultures. Even. That's true. That and is like, true. That is true. Ones that have varying degrees of patriarchy. And there have been different cultures where sex workers had a place in society. Um, like, as far as I understand, in ancient Rome or Greece, it's kind of hard to tell the two apart sometimes. Mm -hmm. But uh, they, as long as you were producing children inside your marriage, mm -hmm. then it was kind of expected that you would go to the sex workers when you were horny. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, wife was for procreating and then sex workers for just actually fucking without procreating. Yeah. <laughs> right. And right. Exactly. And so you weren't amazing, necessarily yeah. <laughs> less manly for going to a prostitute, right? You were considered like manly because you needed to go have sex. Right, uh, so I right. Right. And so I don't think that going to a sex worker is inherently unmanly. I think that uh, the Red Scare did a real big one on yeah. on North American culture and the nuclear family and all the yeah, everything yeah, that yeah, came yeah. from that. Yeah. And I think that a lot of our current situation where we're at and our current ideas about sex work were, are from McCarthyism and the Red Scare. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But those are just my thoroughly uninformed opinions no that's a really that's a really interesting way to look at this though for sure yeah that uh any because i think that having joined the industry and having learned so much and heard heard so much from marginalized people i have gone from being an, a true blue american to being a socialist oh and like <laughs> like I've told my parents that I'm a sex worker, but I haven't told them I'm a socialist. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Um, and you know, back back during the Red Scare and during McCarthyism and everything, you you couldn't do that. Any anything that was yes. less than or what would, could be deemed less than or anything that could be deemed un-American or unchristian was like out the window. Uh, and so I think that we are still having to deal with that. Yeah, the repercussions of that. Yeah. yeah. The echoes and of the, that. Right. The need to conform, the need to prove that you are not a commie or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Today, today you have to prove that you're not a terrorist. Yeah. Uh, and, like, I think that it it sounds so nice to just have this nuclear family and it's so neat and like they're all the ends are tied up and unfortunately that's not real life yeah 
No. There's no such thing as a neat and tidy, tied up end in real life. It's so, uh, it is interesting. Um, just how much what is going on in whatever culture you're living in reflects, um, reflects in sex work and reflects in yeah. fantasy, sexual fantasies of the time, you know, true, the trends true. of like kinks as well, you know, absolutely. And like kinks have so much to do with emotion. Yeah. And it's in direct response to, you know, what's happening in society. Right. Right. And right. It, Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I keep saying, we do not exist in a vacuum. Our day to day does affect us. Yes. Yes. And it's like in the kink world specifically, it's interesting how like, you know, the the desire is to always subvert, you know, what is happening out Mm -hmm. in the world. So Mm -hmm. it it, Mm -hmm. you know responds in kind of this opposite way. You know. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I found interesting What's for that? work reflecting what's going on around you is on election day, mm. on the day before election day, my phone stopped ringing. And on election day, like no Twitter, no phone, no email, nothing. Mm. And I couldn't figure it out. And I went on Twitter and like people in Germany were having the same problem Whoa. that like that on that Tuesday, nobody was getting any work. And we finally figured out that it was election day. Oh, interesting. And it was was Trump v. Biden. So it was pretty much like, is the United States going to civil war today or in a few years? Uh, And the whole world was holding its breath. And no wonder nobody was getting work. But I, that was my first like really big slap in the face of like, this, we are a big reflection of the world around us. And um, I noticed in my clients afterwards a sense of relief. Yeah. And I, like, just, like, everybody was a little bit less tense. Everybody was just a little bit more hopeful. And I think it's because the American news cycle had slowed down a little bit. Wow. Yeah. I think we're seeing that also as sex work and... Uh, the pandemic, you know, Mm -hmm. is ebbing and flowing and new things and coming and Mm -hmm. going and all of this stuff. It's like, we see these trends of like people rushing to us, you know, and then, and then, you know, it, it, um, uh, receding and like these waves in and out of like, you know, when lockdown, like the good lockdown, the dreaded lockdown, um, Mm -hmm. comes up, you know, and, and what's happening with that. It's like, man, these two, this dance, the sexual tension between the pandemic and us working, (laughs) it's like, yes, is just undeniable of like, yes, how we are doing this like waltz, you know? And then there's an interesting parallel between um, wearing a mask and no mask is, do you work during the pandemic or do you not work? Uh, So there's this interesting cultural thing in sex work uh, of people saying, well, do you work during a pandemic or do you not? And I mean, as far as I can tell, most everybody's response is the rent's got to get paid. Yeah. Right. It's exactly Um, that. Like, we're not, again, the privilege thing, right? It's like, well, I'm right in an industry where I can't qualify for, you know, CERB or whatever other government, like helper supplement. Yeah. To supplement my income. And, and, um, so, you know, some people just aren't privileged enough to stop working. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And so I think, I think that that's pretty clear. And so I think it's so interesting that there is this, uh, this, kind of social clash going on within the sex industry of people who work uh, being put down by people who don't work. And it's like, how do you not see, like, we are in sex work. How do you not see that this is privilege? The hierarchy. Yes. The 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 hierarchy. Yes. Um, I have to, I know we have to wrap up, but I do have to say that is one word that my, my civilian friends love when I am explaining to them about sex work. And I talk about the hierarchy. We always, we have to take like a five minute break while everybody laughs and giggles and they're like, Oh my gosh, the hierarchy. Okay. And I'm like, it's, that's so funny that you mentioned that. Cause yeah, it's in my vocabulary. Right. So I'll say it just offhandedly. And somebody right. that's never heard that word before. And they just, they're just like, wait, hold on. No, no, I got to process back up, back this. Up, back yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you spell yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I agree. It's funny to see mm-hmm. the reaction to horror. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, 
Yeah, but it's so true, though. It's like, you know, who's at the top of the hierarchy? It's like online workers who, you know, don't have contact, physical contact with clients. Right. Um, For sure, my industry, being a a femdom, you know, Mm -hmm. is up Mm -hmm. there because we've created this fantasy where we're untouchable and everyone is below us anyways and some people just yeah, can't. Yeah, but that was by request. Yes, and some people just can't <laughs> pull apart the fantasy from the reality of being like, we're all uh, horrors, people. Like, Guys, come on. Stop. Get with the program. Like, <laughs> Get with the program. Come on. Come on. Um, yeah, I think I think I was surprised by the hierarchy when I first entered because I, I I thought that it was pretty clear that this is all, this is all uh, advertising, right? Like, this is just marketing. Yes, and we're all in this together, really. But to really? see that, yeah, this this shitty kind of behavior exists here too, here where it's mostly marginalized people, you know. Yeah. And yeah. you know, we're like we're the offshoot of society, all of us, you know. So mm-hmm. you would think, you would think that we're all that like, maybe we would try to avoid things like hierarchies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but right. Yeah, I agree. The same thing of like, oh, it's here too. Well, fuck, you know. Well, great. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. But I have to say that overall, the sex work industry has been very professional um, and has taught me a lot about entrepreneurship for sure. Oh my God, yes. Oh my gosh. And about just interacting with other people and uh, taking them them at their best value, I would say, like rather than taking people at face value, because Mm. this is... Oh, I like that. You have to take them at their best value. You kind of have to assume good things about them because they're walking into the situation thinking good things about themselves. Right, yeah. Right? Like they're walking in thinking, I am a good person. And you have to also meet them and treat them like they are a good person. And so, uh, I don't know where I was going with this, but my my uh, lesson for new sex workers is yes, yes. Let's let's wrap this up in a nice little bow. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Let's tie this up. Yeah, let's tie this up. The respect your clients as well because they are also human beings. As much as we don't want to be just reduced to a two dimensional figure who provides sex work, like we are real human mm-hmm. beings with depth and nuance. So are so our clients. So are they. I love that. Uh, that these are real people who have thoughts and favorite colors and favorite foods and, and families and yeah. families and with various degrees of relationships as do all of our families like they got family that they're fighting with and family that they get along with so do i and this person has a lot that they're not going to show me same that i'm going to do to them and so we need to just assume the best about each other i think that's a brilliant tip for new sex workers just like how you are coming up against people judging you you know and people assuming mm-hmm. things about you um even our clients mm-hmm. like so don't you do that to don't someone be else. back don't you do that back either to other sex workers talking about hierarchy mm-hmm. or to your clients they're people too we're people they're yeah. people let's just yeah. try our best and we're all learning constantly and no matter how many years we've been doing this no matter how many years they've been a client of providers right we're all still learning and can always learn so you know if you want to help each other on your journey then you can do a little learning and a little teaching there you go yeah that'd be great and be a little better tomorrow yeah um just one last thing uh that just struck me as you were saying that mm. we are all learning it doesn't matter how long you've been in here mm-hmm. i think that the pandemic is a great example of that that suddenly in the summer of 2020 everybody needed to know how to do online content <laughs> just suddenly we needed to magically all know how to pivot and like businesses. take your own photos and edit them and post them and also interact with all of your clients if you can't tell i tried only fans i didn't like it it was too much for me it's, but it's hard it's hard it's really hard Ugh. like constantly taking photos constantly editing them constantly interacting constantly coming up with customs while you're doing all those other ones that like it didn't matter if you'd been in the industry for 30 years suddenly suddenly you needed to know how to do that yeah and you might just crash and fucking burn because it's hard yeah it's not easy uh i officially had to step away from it i was like i can't do this i'll I'll just take the hard route like or i'll take the hard route of uh not having the passive income stream that an OnlyFans stream will build i'm just not i'm gonna skip it too hard yep later (laughs) peace out (laughs)
I may come back to it when uh, other things are more settled, but I was like, you know what? I This is not for me. This yeah, is not, not my today, niche. Satan. Yep. <laughs> Fair. Nope. <laughs> okay, so are we wanting to tell people where um, we can find you and stuff, or what are we wanting to do with your sex worker persona as far as, you know, dropping links and all that stuff? As much as I would like to drop links, I just wanted to come on and be able to speak, and Lovely. so I don't... I don't have links that are associated with my real name. Cool. No um, worries. I thought I'd ask. If you, I thought, I guess, um, if you want to reach out to me, you can go ahead and give me an email at kmwolff, the number is one, two. So it should say kmwolf12 at gmail.com. Amazing. Yeah. Or you can also direct emails to me, thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com or my, my pro kink. Uh, email is ladypim at protonmail.com folks as far as social media for me you should know where to follow me by now I'm at the ladypim1 on twitter but if you must follow me on instagram I'm at the ladypim1 and also at the bedpost podcast we have a patreon it's the bedpost show we have a youtube channel it's the bedpost show and I also like to mention the lovely lady that does all the original music for my podcast. Her name is Stephanie Copeland, and you can find out more about her work at stephcopelandmusic.ca. Kelsey, this has been absolutely lovely. Thank you so much for this lovely conversation we had. Thank you so much, Erin. I really appreciate it. Um, I had a great time coming on. Thank you so much. Oh my god, me too! Uh, Thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here in the studio talking about sex and sexuality. Get fucked, everybody. A good bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 